Welcome to another episode of Central Texarkana Podcast, a ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. We pray this episode will serve to edify you as a believer in Christ and help you in your walk this week. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Well, good morning, Brother Joshua. Hey, Brother Corey. Good morning to you. It is a, a fine early early start to the day. Yes, it is. Maybe we won't have any interruptions and uh, we can get through this podcast and uh, successfully with the Lord's help. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be good. It's good to be with you, man. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, I enjoy you too. It. I enjoy it. And... Uh, we're in lesson 10 this go round uh, of the Baptist uh, Publishing House, Baptist Expositor, Blessed Deceivers curriculum. Lesson 10, it's Genesis chapter 32. Uh, for our Sunday school teachers out there, that's what we're going to be covering on this podcast. Yes, and this will be um, July 31st lesson. July 30, no. This will be cause no, the, no, it'll be uh, this one's going to be for August 7th. August I'm 7th, sorry. yes, yeah. this is August 7th. Our days are running together, people. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, we got a lot of things going on, yeah. And uh, so we're actually recording, uh, we're recording this in advance. We're going to be, my wife and I are going to be taking a, a trip here in a couple of weeks, and so we're trying to get ahead of the game here, uh, to make sure that uh, Corey has what he needs to uh, make the release on, on Thursdays Yeah. Uh, over the next month as we finish out this semester and get ready for what's next. Yeah, it, it's going to be good. So, well, to, you know, what are your thoughts on Chapter 32? Uh, yeah. That's where we're at this time around. So, you know, Chapter 32 is, is a, a little more interesting. You know, you have a, a couple different things going on here. You bring Esau back into the picture. Um, although he's not physically present in this chapter uh, per se with Jacob, but uh, Jacob sends uh, messengers to Esau to kind of feel him out, and uh, Esau is going to respond uh, <laughs> Uh, causing Jacob some 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 trouble, um, and then, as we alluded to in the in the last podcast, you have the the divine wrestling match in this chapter. Um, so it, it's 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 got some really fun stuff in it, like some interesting uh, stories, if you will, as part of this narrative, and um. So I think it's going to be a good chapter to study because you've 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 got so much in it that yeah. that is good, um, and uh, so I guess with that being said, we can we can kind of dig in and and get this thing going. Well, I know uh, where we left off in the last chapter. You know, we we came to the conclusion uh, that God was the one who orchestrated. Mm -hmm. Um, getting, uh, you know, getting, uh, 
Golly, man, my, Jay, my brain is not wanting to function at this early in the morning. It's very early. Uh, you know, in, in getting Jacob and his family and all of that entails that God was the one who was sovereign and set that in motion. Right, he told right. Jacob, look, it's time for you to go back. Yes. And, um, you know, there were other things that Jacob observed in that. But, you know, and then a covenant was made with Laban and uh, God was witness they recognized uh, God as witness over that and mm-hmm. let him be judge over both of us, basically just trusting God with how we're going to move from here. And now we're picking this up and now, and now he's, they're on their way back, yes. but, but on their way back, this is going to involve a confrontation uh, with Esau and right. things did not get left in a, in a healthy way, no, per se. No, uh, Esau basically wanted to kill his brother. Yes, and so there's still the potential threat mm-hmm. in the mind of Jacob as yeah. we come into this chapter. And I think it's an important note, teachers, that when you look at the beginning verse, you know, that he has met with uh, an angel of the Lord, says that uh, the angels of God met him, and then in verse 2, when Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. And so he stops and he, you know, he pauses there. And, and, he, um, and he names it. And names it and recognizes that God is, is yeah. present here. And so here we are. And, um, but just because, and, I, and I, this was something you and I, Corey, were talking about as we were putting together our notes for this. That just because God is present in this situation and Jacob knows it, it didn't alleviate the fear and the anxiety or the stress that right. he was that he was under at the idea of meeting up with his brother. Right. Because the very next verse, verse three, Jacob's already dealing with with Esau and how that's going to work. He sends messengers uh, to kind of go find Esau and and feel him out and see what's happening. Um, and he even told the messengers what to say to him. Um, and when the, the messengers come back, they say, we, we saw Esau, we talked to him and he's coming. Yeah. And not only is Esau coming, he's bringing 400 men with him. Yeah. And that would add to my stress. Uh, yes. <laughs> Cause that's all we hear. We don't hear about. Oh, that was a truck. Yeah, was, <laughs> sorry, sorry for the pause, folks. We're, we like oh. heard this sound. I don't know if y'all can hear it on the podcast. Oh wow, we just it's like, what is that? But uh, but, but anyway, know, Jacob's sitting there. Esau's coming, and he's bringing four hundred men, and and that's all we that's all we know. It you know it doesn't tell us that he's bringing four hundred men for a specific purpose or. You know that he's he's forgiven Jacob or any of that stuff. We just know he's coming and he's got he's got a large group with him. Yeah. And and what does Jacob do in response? You know, Jacob does what any of us operating in our flesh will always have the tendency to do, he and did. that is develop his own strategy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, he starts coming up with ideas in his own head as to how he's going to deal with the situation, and right. I can so relate to that, Corey. Oh, me too. Because, I mean, I struggle with that all the time. 
I, I to to try to take things in my own hands and get clever yeah. and creative. I I did that just the other day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get out here and and do podcasts and take care of my wife and and kids and all that stuff the other day was man. I was sitting there trying to think of all kinds of stuff on my own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I get it. I do get it. I try to tap into this wisdom bank that I don't really have. Oh yeah. I, I think I'm smarter than I really am. Yeah. All the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the reality. I have to go back to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that's one reason not, not to get off track, but that's one reason that I love doing this with you. Yeah. And that I enjoy this so much is because there, you know, there's preparation involved right. before we get on here. Right. We don't just get on here and just start flying off. We don't wing it. No. We don't just fly from the seat of our pants. We we study things out and we look at things and we think through things and we talk about things mm-hmm. and and uh, and I appreciate it very much because all of that helps me when I get wonky. Right. You know, in my own thought process yeah. or how I think I'm going to handle something. Yeah. It's always good to get back in the word. Yes, for sure. And and you know, and Jacob Jacob is here and he hears Esau's coming with 400 men and like you said, he immediately begins to think of his own idea of how to deal with this. And he's going to divide his camp um into two with the idea being that if Esau attacks one camp, the other camp can, can escape and and still be safe because in the back of his mind, and we're going to see this, excuse me, in just a couple of verses when he begins to pray to God after the fact, by the way, um, he, he still has in mind the promise of God. I have to believe that because he knows he's got to preserve his line somehow. Yeah. And so he believes by by dividing his camp, that's going to help preserve his line, understanding what God's promise to him was. Yeah. And so he had to have been, I believe, thinking about that when he's developing this plan, knowing that God's going to prosper him and his offspring to be virtually uncountable. Yeah. That God had promised him that. He's... That has to be in somewhere behind all this, the way he did this to divide his his family into two, basically. I I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think you're onto something there. I I think uh, I think that that actually reveals for us a very clever way that Satan mm-hmm. can work in a situation. Right. I think I think it reveals the subtlety, you know, in which our flesh uh, and our own sin can try to obstruct or get in the way of something that God yeah. is desiring to do. Because yeah. how, how many times a, a, a sin, if we desire to help God in our own power because of things that we know and mm-hmm. we take things back into our own hands right. to try to bring something along. I think there is to some degree, some virtue in you know, the desire, the motivation of heart is not to be wicked, 
but we have in, insight into the plan of God, and so we want to help it along. But yeah. but it's still sin when we are the ones that are creating, right. devising, planning, strategizing right. in our own or out of our own angst or yeah. out of our own stress or out of our own whatever. Instead of first cultivating the Word of God, instead of first seeking a consult with mm. the Lord Himself, and Jacob finally does that. Yes. So after he puts his own strategy together, he prays. He prays, and and, and you know I made the comment when before we started, you know he kind of got it backwards. It, it is and it's like you were just saying you know he he did all this stuff and then he prayed well if he had prayed beforehand perhaps god would have um given him some sort of um uh, given him a sign or or said something to him because you know the the patriarchs had a direct line it seems because god all through these chapters we've we've been studying and God appears to them and directly communicates with them. Yeah. And so God if if he had had consulted God beforehand before he developed his strategy <clears throat> and said, "Lord, what do you want me to do?" much like David would do as a king later on. Mm-hmm. You know, God could have directly communicated with Jacob and said, okay, look, do not be afraid. I've got this under control. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and he does it in reverse order. But you know what's interesting, Corey, is even after he prayed. He's still what, afraid. He, 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 he's still afraid. So he prays. And then in uh, verse 13, he spent the night there. And... From what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. Yeah. So he so he's right back into his strategy. Yeah. What, so what can I mean, I do? that's what blows me away, and I think that characterizes human behavior, Christian behavior. Yes. Is we develop a strategy, we pray, and we ask the Lord to support our strategy, and then we act on our strategy. Yeah. Instead of asking, I mean, do you, I mean, God do you see to begin that with what we should do? what our strategy should be. I mean, there's nothing in the prayer that says, Lord, show me. Right. He's like, deliver me, save me from my brother. Yes. He says, you said, you said for me to go back. Yeah. You know where I was and now this is where I am. And then he says, save me. And then he tells him again, you also said, that you were going to prosper me. And, you know, so uh, you, you folks listening, maybe you read this a different way. I, I, but I'm going to tell you that that sounds to me like a selfish prayer where Jacob is seeking God to support him and his own strategy to deliver him. Mm-hmm. And that right there is what brings us to the climax of this chapter, which is that wrestling match. Yeah. That wrestling match started at the beginning of chapter 32. Yeah, I think so. It I did. That right. wrestling match didn't just start right there in verse 22 uh, 20, of this yeah. chapter. That wrestling match was already started. It was 
it, it, when, when God showed up and, and, and we had we had a camp yeah. that was properly named. And then we had we had his presence and we got Jacob in his mind developing a strategy and his fear. And this wrestling match is already going. Right. We're, what we're seeing up to verse 22 is the buildup. It's growing, to growing event. to in, into this, you know. Yeah. High that's energy, a, that's a great, high stakes situation. Yeah, that's a great insight right there. That's you're, you're you're I believe you're right. You know, the wrestling match early on was all like it, it, it was kind of like today when you have boxers or whatever and you have all the pre-match stuff, the weigh-in, uh, the smack talk, you right. know, uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, you want to last two rounds with me or whatever. And then all building up to the main event. And here in verse 22, we get to the main event. Yeah. And there's high drama. And you know what's interesting is is another thing that we see that I, I know I can relate to. I don't know about you, Corey, but my struggle begins in my mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely. My my struggle begins like it had began here at the beginning of this chapter. And Jacob is having a difficult go of it in his head based on what he knew from his last encounter with his brother. And it started in his mind. And, and that, this prayer, this is happening, you know, yeah. this wrestling match is starting in the mind and in the heart. Yeah. And because the heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. And, and he... This match has started here, but it, it, it's about to get physical. Yes. You know, I don't, I, I, again, Corey, we believe, I, I think you and I, because uh, we've been, you know, we're about as on the same page as I think a couple people can get <laughs> when it comes to our theology and right. how we how we look at this and study this out together. And I believe this right here to be a literal physical altercation with the Lord. Uh, yes, I, I believe that's the case. And well, so any of you that have this idea in your head that this is just some kind of allegory. Not, yeah, it's not an allegory at all. Uh, this is this is not that. This is an actual physical altercation mm-hmm. uh, with the pre-incarnate Christ. Yes. And, um, and, and, and some things are going to come out of this. Right, right. Very important things. Very important things. Um, to the point of, you know, this this whole wrestling match finishes, and in the midst of it all, God changes Jacob's name. Yes, he does. And he changes his name to Israel. And our our book tells us the, the meaning of the name Israel is God prevails. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, that's a great foreshadowing. Is oh it man! Not? Because yeah, at, at the end of the age, God prevails. Yes, He does. So, and so we we see it here in in the story of Jacob and his name being changed, and his name is changed to Israel, and of course that becomes a a great nation and God's chosen people. Um. But even through all that, we have Jesus Christ that comes through that line of people mm-hmm. to help us, you know, Gentiles out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if Jesus had not come, we Gentiles would be 
up a creek. Hurting for certain. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so thankful that, you know, that God's plan came to fruition, you know, God is sovereign. Um, but the idea that here in, in the first book of the Bible, that we, we have these stories, we have the story of Jacob becoming Israel, which means God prevails. And you go to the end of the Bible, to Revelation, in the end of Revelation, what does God do? God prevails. Absolutely, and I hope I hope you guys are realize from this teaching how important, and that this is what I get from what you're saying, Corey. How important the story of Jacob and Esau, the historical narrative right. of Jacob and Esau, how crucial that is to understanding God's redemptive plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, Jacob and Esau. This is a this is a story that is not to be overlooked that the Christian to get the fullness of the word of God. This has to be studied out. Yes. And I'm so glad the Baptist publishing house released this the way they did. And they have compiled this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, because it gives us great insight. So, you know, in this wrestling match, obviously you, you use that word prevail. You were mm-hmm. talking just now. I mean, God prevails. Right. And, and in the end, you go to Revelation, God prevails. Yes. We see the word prevail, um, or we see that that prevailing. We see the evidence of that today as God continues to prevail. Uh, you know, the great resurrection chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesus Christ has overcome death. Romans chapter 8, at the end of Romans tw- uh, 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 chapter 8, uh, there's, you know, we have a record of all these different things, none of which can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have overcome simply because Christ has overcome. Uh, that's it. Yes. Uh, he prevailed in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, when he confronted Adam and Eve on what they had done. And what did Eve say? Adam first said, this is what the woman did. And the woman said, this is what the serpent did. And then what does God do? God didn't deliver a consequence to the man and the woman first. He immediately went to the serpent and said, because you did this. Yeah. Because you did this, you're going to crawl on your belly. You're going to eat the dust of the earth. This is what's going to happen to you. And I am going to put enmity between you and the woman and your offspring and her offspring and he. Yes. Who is the enmity? It's Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it, he, he prevails right out of the gate. He yeah. will bruise your head. You will strike his heel. You have the doctrine of justification, Corey, right there in Genesis chapter three, but we're going to do that on a different (laughs) podcast. But but, I mean, you know, but anyway, let's talk about this wrestling match because how many minutes in are we? We're 23. Okay, so let's wrap it up. So let's get into this wrestling match real quick and then and then we're going to be done. So in the wrestling match, it says that Jacob prevails. Yeah. But we understand that that prevailing, as you were talking about earlier when you and I were talking before we got on here, 
It's, it's, you know, it's more like surviving. Yeah. Enduring. Yeah. Um, much like, uh, much like running a marathon and actually finishing it, hmm. which I've never done and never planned to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I never have to physically wrestle, wrestle the Lord. <laughs> But Jacob did, and he and he made it through. And he said he he basically says that he says I've seen the face of God. Yeah, and I've survived. And this man, he, and then he named the place. Yeah. After that, what they, was the what was the verse reference that you said that was in? Well, it's in the commentary of your curriculum. Okay, because they, they make mention of it there. It's Hosea, right? Hosea twelve. Hosea 12. So go, you know, teachers, I would recommend using that cross reference yes, and understanding because, who this man is, because you know, there's, we believe it to, as 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 the commentary says, the the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ. Um, I think that's an accurate. What does what does Hosea say? Um. Well, and and he's. Hosea is talking about Jacob here in verse 3 of, of chapter 12. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel. Right. Um, re- referring to Jacob and Esau. And in his manhood, he strove with God. Hmm. So, and that word strove there is referencing the, the wrestling yeah. match, obviously. Right. Um, he strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel, and there God spoke with us. The Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial name. And so there in those verses, Hosea is talking about Jacob um, and and the idea of, of him grabbing onto the heel mm-hmm. of Esau as they were coming out of the womb. Um his his dealing with God here in this wrestling match and at, and meeting him at Bethel right that that first encounter he had with God there um and and you know in the in the book um he he the writer in, in our literature here says yea he had the power over the angel and prevailed which is a quote from the King James I believe yeah. um, in using that, that term, but it, here in verse four in the ESV of Hosea 12, he strove with the angel and prevailed. And we understand the angel here to reference the angel of the Lord, yeah. which is the Lord himself, pre-incarnate Christ. Yes. And one last thing that I think it's important for us to, Mention and then I thought maybe I've got some truths that I wrote down uh, that you you can take them for what they're worth. But in the end, Jacob or Israel, Israel does not come away unaffected. Right. Um, he comes away with a limp, with uh, a tendon uh, that had been touched, and. Um, he, he he comes away with an injury. He sustains an injury, and that injury, Corey doesn't doesn't go away, right? It, it that injury stays with yeah. a purpose. Yeah. And there's a purpose for that injury. 
And I, I think that's an important note. It, it, it's a reminder of the sovereign will of God mm-hmm. that in our struggles, that God is sovereign over those as well. Yes. And, and it just t- it took a touch. Yeah, and, and that's all it takes. And even the, you know, there's a New Testament character that that dealt with that same type of situation. And that's Paul, because Second Corinthians twelve, uh, Paul tells us. Um, let's start in verse six, just to to give a little context there. Though if I should uh, wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, that is boasting, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And is that not what we see with Jacob? Yes. Power being made perfect in weakness. That's very good, Corey. Because if you you consider what you just read, again, let's understand this. In this wrestling match, who was in control? Oh, it was God. God was in control. Yeah. And there was never a time God was not in control. Jacob did not win this wrestling match. He he, he prevailed within God's prevailing. Right. uh, The the enemy, Satan, in that cross-reference, that thorn, that that messenger from Satan, is within the context of of God's prevailing. Yes. He is not, Satan's not operating... Outside of God's plan, he is operating within the context of God's plan. God is sovereign, right? Yeah. And it's it's the same here. It's the same. Yeah, I I believe it is. God has a sovereign plan, and it involves suffering and struggle. And all you have to do going forward from this story in the story of Israel, the, the nation... You know, God touched Jacob's hip, and he became basically lame. Yeah. And Israel as a nation spent a whole lot of time being lame. Yeah. Uh, you know, after the fact. they when, when they sought God, and that's kind of the point of Hosea 12, too, the idea of God is in control, and when you seek God, the Lord and you seek his will and what you do, you will prevail mm-hmm. when you seek his will. Yes. And, um, the times Israel sought God's will, they prevailed. Yeah. As a nation, when they ceased to do that is when things did not go well for them. And ultimately they ended up in captivity. Yeah. Both 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 parts, right? The northern right. and southern kingdoms eventually went into captivity, 
because they forgot the Lord and all that he had done for him, for them. There you go. And when we do that, when we forget the things that God has done for us and we stop seeking the Lord is when the greatest struggles I, I I firmly believe when we when we just stop communicating with God altogether, we stop reading the Bible, we stop going to church, we stop worshiping. That is when the worst struggles are going to come to us. Yeah, because we have the we have it in Scripture. Right. We see it. We see it with the nation of Israel. We see it. Um, we see it with the with the churches. You know, I I believe it's uh, is it not Revelation seven, where Jesus writes to uh, you know is talking to the seven churches, right? Uh, and John writes about that. Um, Revelation three, or yeah, yeah, Revelation three. Yeah. I don't know where I got seven from. I knew it was one of those. Because it was seven churches. Yes, seven churches. And Revelation so, three. Yeah, but you know. Those churches were struggling, and especially, I believe it was Ephesus, they had lost their first love. Yeah. And they were struggling. And so we see it all throughout Scripture. When you leave God is when things become problematic. Things become problematic, yes. So let me go ahead, and uh, I want to share these four truths with you. And uh, and then, Corey, why don't you uh, just start the music? You can bring us on out. Okay. Um, but let's leave you with this, okay, um, to consider. One, God's presence in confrontation is healthy. Um, two, God's sovereignty should shape our strategy. Three, God is willing to sanctify us and develop us by whatever means he chooses. Wrestling with God, four, is a good thing. And God always wins. Yes. Amen. That's, that's four four outstanding truths to end this thing up with. Um, and I would say to our teachers, feel free to write those down yeah, and use definitely. them. Definitely. Um, because I, that's going to be a great thing for our people as they study this lesson um, on August seventh. There you go. So, there you go. Make um, it make it your own. And we're praying for you, teachers. Yes. We're praying for you. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. Thank you again for listening and uh, making it through all of our uh, <laughs> all of our stuff this morning. So, uh, y'all have a great week, and we will see you on Sunday.